This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, grand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups, and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories, We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. You're not only a scientist, you are more than that. You can do other things. What I wanted to make sure is that there will be a commercial output. I didn't want to do a research, a postdoc again, publish something that then just would just... Uh, be forgotten uh, and lead to nowhere. Uh, the thing that has to be understood is microfluidics is a toolbox. You, you can use this toolbox to then create a product. We also have this kind of ethical mission in a way, uh, which is trying to help and enable um, the companies in the chemical, pharmaceutical and chem- cosmetic space to move away from animal testing. For this episode, we've sat down with Massimo Alberti of Revivo Biosystems, a Singapore startup enabling pharmaceutical, chemical, and cosmetic product companies to move away from animal testing through their organ-on-a-chip platform. We discuss his background, including studying the classics before getting into science and technology, his path from Italy to Denmark to Singapore, and then his journey from research institute to startup. What we find is an entrepreneur scientist. He came to Singapore, and with his team, they are building something great. And now, on to the interview. Hello, I'm here with Massimo Alberti, co-founder of Revivo Biosystems. Welcome to One North Stories, Massimo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, great. Let's get right into it. Can you share with us a little bit about your background, your early interest in science, technology, your education, your experiences prior to starting Revivo? Yeah, I mean, first thing I'll, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm an Italian who moved to Singapore something like eight years ago. I'm a bit of a kind of an uncommon path of my education. I did the high school as a, with a humanistic education, so studying ancient Greek and Latin and the history and philosophy kind of stuff. And then I decided to do biomedical engineering for university. So I studied that in Milan, at Politecnico di Milano. And then I moved to Denmark to do my PhD in micro and nanotechnologies at the Technical University of Denmark. Well, this was kind of a not really planned path. When I was a teen, I wanted to be a medical doctor. Uh, I had that interest in medicine and biology, but I was also good with math, physics, and the chemistry. So I decided to study biomedical engineering. Never made it to med school. Never got the um, MD, PhD. No. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. So you, you were doing a postdoc then? Yes, I did my PhD in, the, in Denmark, Technical University of Denmark, and then I did I stay a little bit longer in the university for a small, very short postdoc 
And then I moved to the industry to a small medium enterprise in Denmark. Very great experience there. They were there's a company called Chemtech Diagnostics. They were doing uh, reagents for immunoassays. So it's in the in vitro diagnostic space. I started in R and D position for a few months actually, and quickly moved to a more commercial position, did business development, and uh, then got very much involved into most of the activities that a small medium enterprise has. And and then you left and came to Singapore. And then I left and came to Singapore, yes. <laughs> so how did that happen? It was very much for me to, again, do something different that I was doing, something like that I keep doing in my life, just trying to do something a bit outside of the common path. But basically, I wanted to have an experience outside of Europe, as I did before, outside of Italy, by going to Denmark for my PhD. I wanted to have an experience outside of Europe. And obviously, I wanted to use the knowledge I had acquired during my PhD for still developing something in the research field. And I found the opportunity in Singapore to work on a very interesting project, which is the skin-on-chip project that was started by Star by Simtech and former IMB, Institute of Medical Biology. And I applied, I got the job, and I moved to Singapore. Okay, so then you're at Simtech, maybe a bit of a postdoc, second postdoc, you could say. But that was, what, eight-plus years ago? Right. Tell us, how, how did the project go, and then maybe... How did your experiences in the project then, then lead you to, to founding the company? The project, I think, went pretty well from a research, purely research point of view, but also in terms of the uh, achievement and in terms of the awards that we received based on that project. The nice thing of that project was it's a very fruitful collaboration between two research institutes. One very much engineering focus and one very much biology focus. And I think the PIs put together a very solid team, a very good team that kind of worked together very well. And I think a lot of the success of the project, I'll say, goes back to putting that team in place. Was the goal always to spin out a company or it just kind of happened? It's a, a very good question. I'd say that having starting up a company has always been something like I, I would have liked to do since my PhD time. I got involved at the time in a couple of projects help the founders in Denmark to you know, participate, to pitching events, build a company, more like as an primary activity, a professional activity, something I would do on the side. So I had that kind of interest, but at the time I wouldn't, I was not the main player. I was, it was not my child, my baby. So it was more like something I would do on the side. But for this project in particular, the skin and chip, the idea was not to necessarily have a company after. What I wanted to make sure is that there would be you know, a commercial output. I didn't want to do a research, a postdoc again, publish something that then just would just be forgotten and lead to nowhere. How did you know that the commercial output was going to be, or that it was going to be you pursuing this commercial output, let's say, as opposed to licensing to someone? I think along the way, I understood the great potential of the technology. I think the way we built, and because of different disciplines that went into it, it was obviously not just a microfluid or a biology uh, factor that was in. It was more complicated, more complex, more advanced. And the, really the, the integration of all the diff these different factors made it what I believe it was a very relevant technology. I think there was a lot of the drive, of my drive and my co-founder drive, Sriram Gopal, who decided to really put more effort into trying to commercializing. We didn't try to licensing out once we recognized there was commercial opportunity we decided that we wanted to bring it to the market. Excellent. So was it just you and your, your co-founders at the beginning? To tell us about your, your founding team a bit. Yeah, it started me and my co-founder, Sriram Gopal, 
uh, Zipping Wang, which is one of the PI who started this project and got the initial funds for the skin on chip project, who wanted to to see this moving forward into the commercial space. Along the way, we met Bert Groben, who became one of the co-founders of the company. He was an experienced entrepreneur and also he came from the corporate world in the relevant industry. So he brought that kind of commercial knowledge that uh, was also very important to have. This was facilitated by Estar Central because we met Bert through one of the bootcamp organized by Estar Central and by SMART, Singapore MIT Alliance for Research and Technology. He was a mentor there, got quite a good chemistry from the beginning. Yep, and then it's history. Okay, great. And here we are. Tell us a little bit about the technology that you developed and then decided to, to spin it with. So so when, when we go on the Revivo, sorry, am I saying Revivo or Revivo? Revivo. Revivo, okay, thanks. When we go on the, the Revivo website, you know, it says you guys specialize in 4D human skin models. First, tell us what is a 4D human skin model? I mean, very simply, it's a 3D model with a four dimension, right? Um, so what we do is we do tissue engineering in a microfluidic device. Tissue engineering is trying to recreate 3D tissues, starting from human cells. What we add is by using the microfluidic approach is space and time. We have a continuous flow of media that flows under the skin and the cells and provides the nutrients and also removes the wastes byproducts of the cells. And because of this mimicking of the function of the blood flow, you get an advanced model. You have better differentiation of the cells and overall a more realistic model for your research purposes. And that's what the microfluidic brings. And it brings this fourth dimension into the picture. Okay, so how, how big is one of these things? If I try to picture, is it like the size of my fingernail, much smaller? The, the microfluidic device, which we refer to as microfluidic chip, is pretty much the size of a credit card, a bit smaller than that. In it, we have chambers uh, where we grow the skin or we use skin explants to use in it. But as a matter of fact, any other tissue can be used in it. These tissues would be the size of a, a 50 cents, but it's rather small. And what you have under these tissues is channels where the nutrients and the cell culture media would flow and provide that kind of function of mimicking of the blood flow and provide this more realistic model. Okay, so then do, do you have one of these per device or and then do you have multiple models kind of on, on your chipset kind of for, for different experiments all on a go? Right, so obviously the idea of microfluidics is always to try to have high throughput or being, you know, like uh, provides realization. And for doing that, what we have developed besides the microfluidic chip is a laboratory instrument. So it's an automated fraction collector where we actually can place four of these microfluidic devices for a total of 12 skin or tissues to be tested on at the same time. The good thing is that we have this fraction collector is fully automated. The testing protocol can be programmed by the end user according to his needs. You can have a fully automated testing procedures in your lab. This testing procedure, are you, is it like an optical thing or is it something you're then looking at like kind of the output channels of the microfluidic or both? For now, it's more like collection of the outflow. So if you think about the skin tissue, for example, it could be any tissue, but you apply something on the skin tissue to see how it reacts. Or if a compound you want to test penetrates to the skin, whatever is released by the skin in terms of biomarkers or thing, uh, proteins to look at, or what you have applied on the skin penetrates to the skin, then flows into, diffuse into the stream, and then is collected automatically using this automated fraction collector. And what you can do, you have you can look over time at different time intervals at the concentration of these compounds and see the dynamics 
of how the skin responded to what you have applied to it. So it's like giving more granularity. Right now you're applying this to skin, but the core technology or core title is organ on chip. So yes, skin's an organ, the largest organ that we have, but can you adapt this to other organs or have you, or is that in your roadmap? Yes. And that's actually where the, one of the scalability direction lays on. Obviously what we can do with skin, we can do it with any other tissue. We have already started doing with the oral mucosa to study products that go into oral care, dentistry. But besides that, what we are strong at is all those tissues that represents a barrier between the inside and the outside of the body. So everything that is a barrier, like the guts or the lungs, or as I said, the oral mucosa, it could be the nasal mucosa, the skin, and so forth, will be explored by Review Biosystem. Obviously, the applications lays are in the consumer care, oral care, but also in the pharmaceutical space. So it's been what, about three and a half, four years or so since you've formally started the company. How has your core technology developed over, over these last three plus years since you left Simtech? I think it has de developed tremendously. First of all, the development of this automated laboratory instrument has really changed the way we're going to market the system because now we're going to use a so-called razor and blade model where the microfluidic device are going to be the consumables. The skin tissue is going to be kind of consumables, but we have this laboratory instrument, which is our razor. And then you can buy cartridges, which is microfluidic chip. And the development of that is obviously what we worked on in the last three years, further optimization of the microfluidic device, and then a lot of work on case studies and applications for the studies. As you continue, you know, your product development going commercial, you're still small, a small team. Have you had to in-license any technology, either maybe from your founding labs or even other people you found, other technology you found? Could you share a little about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously the, we did license the skin on chip technology from A-Star in the early days of review biosystems where we had to do the transition, bringing a technology developed by the inventors in a research institute has to be then transferred to the corporate entity that, that you create. And that was a licensing agreement between Revivo by System and ASTAR. After that, we also have another license with NUS for another tissue models that develop it. And this will go into the pipeline, future pipeline of Revivo by System. Maybe take a step back, if you will, because I mean, I love the idea that, that you guys are you know, you're, you're building on, on microfluidic technology, but not necessarily microfluidics for microfluidic itself, but really a, a true application of microfluidics with your, your skin models and, and also future tissue models. I like to go back a little bit in my history in, in my brain, because I've, I've been in Singapore a little bit longer than you. If we go back 10 years, microfluidics was just starting up in, in A-Star. There's a Simtech microfluidics foundry, the microfluidic systems biology lab at, at Emory. ASTAR was leveraging some international expertise in the baseline microfluidic space. I remember hearing a talk, it was either probably by Stephen Quick or William Burkholder out of Stanford. And anyways, they gave a great punchline. This was already 10 plus years ago. Um, why aren't all microfluidicists driving Porsches? So first, are, are you driving a Porsche here in Singapore? <laughs> no, no, that's out of my, <laughs> what, I can, what I can afford, definitely. Or maybe the, the licensing your licensing dollars are funding someone else's Porsche. But anyways, a bit more, more seriously, I mean, ASAR and, and Singapore have had all this investments, you know, some maybe directly related to what you, what you're standing on. Some maybe it's not so directly, but you know, how did this experience you coming into this microfluidics ecosystem maybe help you out as you were doing your R and D 
and then choosing to spin out a company? I think, first of all, I mean, okay, maybe Michael Friedrichs, people prefer a Ferrari or, <laughs> or a Lamborghini. <laughs> but the jokes aside, the thing that has to be understood is Michael Friedrichs is a toolbox. And you, you can use this toolbox to then create a product. My Friedrichs per se is, is not something immediately can be commercialized. So there has to be a further step. And the further step is obviously the application. I think lately, in the last years, you have seen more and more of the really application-driven microfluidic use. That's a great thing. I'm pretty sure there are some companies, I know there are companies that leveraged on microfluidics technology for their biological application or testing device. And these are companies that grown tremendously. You think about Illumina, they have leveraged on microfluidic technology. It's a tool for other purposes, I'd say. And so that's, in a way, Revivo wants to do a similar thing. We are using microfluidic technology, but with a clear purpose for testing of cosmetic pharmaceutical chemical products on tissue reconstructed in the lab. Personally, I am in a way grateful to Singapore and Singapore and to Zipping Wang, who is used the PI. I, he hired me and brought me, let's say, to Singapore because I got the opportunity to work on something I really liked. And they also got the enough freedom to choose the direction and then commercialize the technology. So that is what I believe I'll always be grateful to Singapore and Singapore ecosystem is I got this great opportunity. Then it was obviously up to me to do the best I could with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely many, many parts coming together. Oftentimes we don't see half those parts either because they're very three layers deep. Yes. And, and that when I arrived, there was obviously, there was the microfluidic foundry in SimTank being built and expanded. And I arrived just in that moment. So there was a lot of dynamism. It was very vibrant at that moment. And what was good personally for my experience was really this collaboration between two different research institutes and the building of this amazing thing. And that's where I met Sriram Gov, one of my co-founders, and we had an immediate chemistry. You could see he had this biology background with the, the flair for everything that is a bit engineering and geeky. I had this engineering background, but biomedical oriented so i had the understanding of the biology behind so we worked very well together and that was one of the most important things also for the future of the project itself and for starting revivo biosystems without that initial bonding there wouldn't have been a company excellent just one quick side question the chips that you're manufacturing now are those manufactured in singapore or yes they're manufactured in singapore yeah excellent we are proud of that <laughs> excellent by a, a foundry model i assume some uh, yes, we obviously for our internal services, testing services, we use a, a, prototype, a, fast, a fast prototyping contractor. But now that we are about to launch our product, we are using injection molding based manufacturing contractor. Uh, and for the lab instrumentation, we also have a partner that is helping us with that. I'm a Singaporean company as well. Excellent. Excellent. I had a question here, but you've kind of already answered it. In, in technology and especially like I, I've got this micro nanotech background. Maybe a different focus than you, but I mean, there was always this idea. And then when we look at check translation, you know, the tech push or needs pull. And I, I think oftentimes we're always looking at tech push, tech push. But I mean, it sounds like Revivo was definitely a needs pull. The, the problem's there and you guys are, are solving the real need with this tool that you've developed. I believe so. But I also have to say, you know, I believe in that quote that says from the car maker, uh, entrepreneur for the, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would told me I want the faster horses. It's always a balance. I think what we did right was to talk to the potential customers very early, 
during the tech development, even before the actual technology was, let's say, proof of concept was uh, was was done. Uh, we started talking to them, interviewing them, seeing their seeking their feedback on certain feature that that could be there or could not be. And I think that was very important to then pivot both the design and the application and also the business model. So speaking of business model, that's my next section. Going from your website and a little bit of prior conversations, I mean, you provide services, but then you're also developing your core platform as a product. Going back to you as a, as a small company, how do you balance, you know, this the services that you offer as well as, you know, this need, I mean, ultimately need to establish yourselves with your core platform. One question I would ask, are the services a distraction, but maybe you could say necessary for cash flow, or how, how do you figure out this balance between the it's a very relevant question that investors ask us. We keep asking to ourselves because as we always have to ask ourselves <laughs> a difficult question. It is a, strateg a strategic decision. A little bit of history is like being an engineer, I always wanted to have a product company. You know, a pro company would make a product that it would sell. That was my original idea. But we also understood rather that it was in our best interest to pivot first into the service for different reasons. One reason is that these allow, having doing the testing services allow us to, let's say, overcome those entry barriers that you have when you bring a new technology in the market or try to do that. So that helps a lot because you create those case studies and also important, you create those case studies with some clients who one day could become the purchaser of the product. The other thing is they are not a distraction at all. It is an important way to generate cash flow from the beginning. And that's what we have done. We have been generating, let's say, revenue from the first year of Revivo. And that, that's also important to show that there is a market, that you're not developing a technology that will take you 10 years before you can actually get some money, right? I mean, it, it's important to give also a certain confidence to investors and to yourself uh, as a founder. The third point I want to make is that the services, testing services, they are going to be always functional to the further product development. It's not something that we intend to cut off or take out. Let's say we want to go beyond skin as we are doing and do the oral mucosa. Again, we need to do some case studies, build some case studies. The best is to do it with clients. So having those services functional to further developing the technology is very important for us. Okay, so they really go hand in hand. It's like a preamble for your product development. Exactly. Almost. Yes. Okay. Do you remember your, your first deal? Can, can you share anything with us or is it confidential? No, I can share it because actually it's, it tells a lot about how sometimes you need to also meet some very open companies that wants to work with you. Our first deal was with Evonik, specialty chemical company, multinational company who has, let's say, a hub, a lab here in Singapore. And they are very active in the Singaporean startup scene as well. And they saw our technology. We, we explained them how it would work. They were interested. We do the, what you call a pilot test with them, which was our first deal. And yeah, the, it was a very good, let's say, successful project that then lead to having their corporate VC investing in review of Biosystem. So these are the kind of things that are very helpful for startups when you meet companies who are open to this, uh, this pilot projects. And I would encourage more of this multinational company to work with the startups in this way. Okay, great. Thanks. I know the name Ivonic and uh, yeah, they are very active. It's, it's great to see. We talked a little bit previously about partnerships. You have your manufacturing partners for your chips, for your testing systems. You can say Ivonic is a partner early on as well as investors. 
Can you expand a little bit more about, let's say, the types of partners you have now or, or maybe the types of partners you need in, in the near future? We have these partners, let's say, for more the hardware and, and let's say, side of our technology. Having more partners that are willing to do pilot studies with us in the cosmetic and pharmaceutical industry would be extremely important for us. We hope we can get them. We can get more of them in the coming years. We, we have a good partnership with the Simtech still. I mean, obviously me coming from that research institute helps, but they've been very supportive overall with our progresses and we have worked with them on TIAP schemes and, and service projects. So that's, that helped a lot as well. Again, you guys are still small, but I mean, like with most startups, I mean, you're launching your products and your investors want to scale. You want to scale, I assume, otherwise you wouldn't be doing this. How do you scale? And, and what does scaling mean to you? Let's say if, if you wanted to go to 10x or 100x or even 1000x where you are today. We have two sides, let's say two parts of the business, although extremely integrated, but it's the service and the product. Services are known to be hard to scale up unless you can hire more people, have a larger lab and all this. That part, we will still feed it by using our technology in our lab to make the testing more efficient. And that can be scaled up as well. Obviously with the products, that's where we expect to see higher growth, maybe in a few years where they're really going to pick up. And I think the model is very attractive because there's going to be this uh, recurring sales of the microfluidic device and the consumables that will come once you buy the microfluidic testing uh, instrument. We have ambition. I mean, we are small. We are 10 people. Not so small, not too big <laughs> yet, but we have a very solid team right now. And we obviously want to also generate new tissue models. As we mentioned before, beyond skin, other tissue models that will bring scalability on different levels, on different directions. Any pharmaceutical fields or medical study that you do, you think of, you do it. And then, of course, expanding overseas and having subsidiary overseas, that's also in the plan. Because for us, the markets are Europe, United States, India, Brazil, Korea, China, and Japan. So we have to explore more of those companies. So international partners is going to be very important for your expansion and scaling. Where do you really see the company, let's say in the next three years, and then let's say 10 years, if you can dream that? I mean, obviously we want to become the leading Asian and global providers of tools for ex vivo and in vitro testing. And that's, that's what we're really trying to do now and what we believe we will be in a few years. We also have this kind of ethical mission in a way, which is trying to help and enable the companies in the chemical, pharmaceutical, and chem cosmetic space to move away from animal testing. So we, we hope we can be, let's say, a company who can, can drive this kind of trend to move away from it. Your three plus years into your founding story, what lessons, let's say, would you maybe give to people thinking about this or maybe your past self, if you go back in time, four or five years, what would you say to yourself in terms of advice on, on founding a technology startup in Singapore? Maybe a little bit because I've seen some, sometimes some arguments, some people coming, you know, against what you want to do. And, and then especially, you know, like if you are in the research institute, you consider a scientist and people think, so you're a scientist, they give you that label and you are a scientist. And I just want to tell anybody who wants to start a journey like this, that uh, you, you just, you're more than just one thing, you know, you, you, you're not only a scientist, you are more than that. You can do other things. And sometimes you just have to put yourself into you know, into it. And you will learn that there's a lot you can learn. And this is not rocket science compared to what you studied back in university. <laughs> but, but of course, you need a, a good support around you. You can't do everything alone, but you can, you can really 
do it yeah. if you put yourself in. Just uh, try. What is important here is the journey. I would say, it's, as usual, with most in, in life, is the journey that counts. Okay, another one. I, I know you have uh, young children at home. How do you balance being a parent, trying to be a present parent with young kids, and and you know, founding a, a biotech startup? It's not easy. At times, you have those moments where the company takes so much of your time, and you don't manage to almost see your child when. Because you go home and it's already late and she is in bed. I, I try the best I can, of course, to, and I'm learning as well. This, as usual, is a learning experience. I would like everything. And now I'm in a better place. I managed to dedicate the time I want to, to both the company and my child. These are very important things in my life, family, basically, and the review of biosystems. It is not an easy task, but it's, well, I think there's been tough times because with the pandemic, we started the review of biosystems. And pretty much in the same year I had my daughter and the pandemic kicked in and it was a very tough time, both on work-related matters and also, uh, you know, at home, not being able to see family back in Italy. But now it's, it's, it's much better and it's a, it's a mental effort you have to put there and know that you, you need to dedicate time also to not just to be completely absorbed by the company, but also the, the family. couple more quick ones. Any messages for people maybe in Italy who, who are, you know, young postdocs or, or maybe even pre-graduate school, maybe looking at Asia or Singapore as opportunities? What would you say to them? Feel free to answer in English or, or Italian. It's okay. I'll do it in English. I think you should know that you should dare go out of Italy, explore other countries, try to live in other countries. Because besides the experience that you can gain, it's also like a life experience. You learn different cultures. But on Singapore in particular, I say it's if you would like to have a professional, extremely good experience, I think it's a good place to do that. But if you want to be in research, if you want to be in the business or do a startup. It's definitely a nice environment. Lots of opportunities here. Anything else that you want to plug or mention about Revivo or, or things that are upcoming? Yeah, I just want to mention that everything is possible because, of course, I have an amazing team. I'm very proud of the team we have built in Review Biosystems. We have a mix of business and marketing people and scientists and, let's say, engineers. I think that's the great strength. And when you going back a bit about what inspires me, what really inspires me most often lately is my team members their enthusiasm, their willingness to build the company together with, uh, with me. It's unbelievable. I like them because they are, all of them, they, are, they have multiple interests. They are not, as I was saying before, they are, they, I cannot label them. Okay, this is the engineer, or this is the biology. They, they are very, very interesting people. They bring so much more than just what you would have thought. This is very important for a startup to have multi-talented people. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Absolutely great wisdom. Like you said, critical to the success that we have you here to share, but yeah, for the whole company and really giving a good name to the Singapore startup ecosystem as well. Where can people find you if they, if they want to connect? Find you, find Revivo, find your team. I am at Easter Central very often, most of the time, but please visit our website, revivobio.com. Also on LinkedIn, link up, reach out, very available on LinkedIn most of the time. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time. And we look forward to to seeing your products on the market and your continued success. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. Thanks. And with that, thanks for listening. Please hit like and subscribe wherever you are getting your podcasts. 
Thanks for joining us for our launch series, and be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in the growing Singapore deep tech scene together.